Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture podcast, where youth ministry and culture collide. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. And I am joining you from the wonderful, posh master bedroom. I'm stuck at home. (laughs) Yes. How about you explain why you are stuck at home? I'm stuck at home because somebody might have come in hot contact with one of my children who may have had COVID, but we're not 100% sure. So we had to check and get someone tested in the household. And because there's eight of us, uh, we're all just staying home for the next few days until the results come back. <laughs> yeah. Don't you just love COVID? Love COVID. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, I know that a lot of people are dealing with it and there's some really significant health issues that can arise Um from it, maybe even long-term, but man, it is just, uh, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I, yeah. You and me both. I, the one positive, I think, at least well, there's several positives, but one positive is coming out of it is now I have a home work space. So yeah. if something happens, I have a home studio, a home workspace. So I could, do all my recording and everything else that I usually do at uh, in the church, and I can do it all from home. That's one positive now, so I don't have to be in my office at the church. Um, I can do most of my stuff from home, so that's that's one positive that's coming out of came out of COVID for me at least. So does that mean you can write that square footage off on your taxes now? I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm excited today because I got to interview a friend of mine, uh, a fellow youth worker that's in my area. His name is Jake Morris. He's the youth director at Village Church in Midlothian, Virginia. And um, I really enjoyed the conversation because uh, one of the things that uh, it's actually in our title, you know, we're the Youth and Culture Podcast, and we actually address some very specific things today about youth and engaging in their particular culture. Um, not just the culture of youth, but the culture in a general sense, like the the, the American culture, um, and how uh, there's some principles that they can cross uh, cultural lines as well. They don't have to necessarily be American, but um, just looking at how to reach teenagers where they are uh, without uh, losing faithfulness to what Scripture says, um, finding that balance between biblical faithfulness and, and also not being culturally deaf. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about this conversation with Jake. I think it's going to be very beneficial uh, to those of you who are listening. And uh, hopefully you can walk away with some action steps to help you as you minister to the youth in your area. Well, guys, stay tuned for our conversation with Jake.
hey guys, uh, thanks for hopping on the podcast today. Uh, really excited that you could join us because uh, we have a conversation today that I'm excited about. Uh, I got to talk with one of my buddies. Uh, his name is Jake Morris. He's a youth director up in Midlothian, Virginia at uh, Village Church. Uh, it's been around since about 09. He's been there for about five years. And uh, Jake, thanks for coming on the podcast today, man. Yeah, man. I'm just excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So uh, why don't you give us just like a quick introduction of who you are and what you and your youth ministry are up to to these days? Yeah, man. So my name's Jake. And like I said, I've been uh, a part of Village Church actually uh, since 2009 on and off. I was there when it was planted as a college student. I went away to finish my degree at Liberty. Uh, and then I came back after I did an internship and I've been uh, back at Village uh, at least attending since 2014. But like I said, I've been running the youth ministry portion for about five years. Uh, I met my wife at Village. Uh, her name's Sarah, and we got married back in 2018. So she has survived multiple years with me. Um, so that is a praise uh, on my end, and it is a miracle on hers. Uh, just kidding. But she is a wonderful person. And uh, we actually just had our first daughter last year. She's turning one uh, in February. Her name's Hazel. Uh, and so she's officially a COVID baby. Uh, so just having to learn how to raise a child during that time has been interesting, but it's been wonderful. And so, like I said, uh, we have a full youth ministry. We've been lucky. And last year was just a huge year of growth for us um, that we, we've been meeting and just trying to social distance as much as we can and things of that nature. Um, but we've seen our youth ministry grow um, exponentially in number. Uh, we've seen kids being discipled, kids doing things that they wouldn't have done otherwise for Jesus. And so that's been pretty remarkable. Uh, we also, this past year, launched uh, middle and high school being uh, separate for the teaching uh, and community group times. And that was one of the best decisions I've made uh, in youth ministry. Uh, it's just that's been awesome. so fruitful, so helpful. Uh, and we've been able to dive into some deeper topics with the high schoolers. So it's been that's pretty good. great. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I know that uh, even with the spread, uh, even if you're just seventh to twelfth, um, some youth ministries I know they go sixth to twelfth grade. But uh, if you're able at some point to separate the high school and the middle school, you can really do a deep dive with the high schoolers that you can't necessarily do with the middle schoolers. Um, but uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, congratulations on making it through. Uh, I, I've heard they say the the first year of marriage is the hardest, um, but your second year of marriage was 2020. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So yeah, man, you're a, you guys are going to be like a power couple by the time 2021 is over. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. As long as, as long as 2021 has a little bit easier things in store, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And I don't know yeah. if um, I've told you this before the last time we talked or not, but um, I, I still, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but I, I still have a feeling in the back of my mind that something God's going to do something awesome in 2021. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and he's going to move. So, and it's really encouraging just for me to hear that um, as weird as 2020 was, uh, you've seen things happen in your youth ministry that uh, you probably would not have seen if the kids hadn't been forced to be stretched and to grow in those ways. So that's really exciting. Uh, and that kind of leads into today's topic because uh, one of the things that we've seen over the course of our lives, and for those of you who are listening, you, you may have seen this happen over the course of your life, especially if you're in the millennial generation, um, is uh, growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s, uh, there was a kind of, and maybe even in the, in the 80s, coming out of the 80s, there was this idea of youth ministry where it was basically just kind of big fun. 
And uh, it was all about, you know, the, the bigger the fun, the better the fun, giving teenagers something fun to do as the pull to come to youth group and sprinkling a little Jesus in there everywhere. Um, but as we become adults and, and into the late teen thousand, 2000 teens, uh, and now uh, I've seen a shift in it, we're shifting away from big fun and it's slowly shifting towards this concept of uh, just beckoning the students to something that's bigger than themselves that has an eternal value and is not just there to entertain them. Because um, let's face it, uh, most youth ministries, they don't hold a candle to the MCU, right? <laughs> so uh, the, the entertainment factor is not there, but we have something to offer that's much more uh, eternal in value. And so uh, today, I just wanted to talk to you about that, Jake. Um, I know that you've got a passion for for teaching and training teens uh, in a way that is not necessarily what the convention calls for, um, but you do want to find a balance between faithfulness to the Bible while not being completely deaf uh, culturally. So why don't you kind of unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, man, absolutely. And I completely agree. The The way that I grew up in youth ministry and the way I do it today, it's it's kind of just completely flipped. Uh, it's It's gone to a different direction, but I'm I'm thankful for it in a lot of ways because it, it is ultimately, like you said, it's getting us back to the Bible. And that's my one thing with youth ministry, that I have so many friends across youth ministry, across so many different avenues with different group sizes and different types of students. But the one thing I always say that that unites us, my friends that I talk to on that level, is biblical faithfulness. Uh, so I want my youth ministry to be known not for the games that we play not for the minute to win it, or not even for the events, as much as time and effort as I put into those things. I want us to have those things. And I want students to have the opportunity to get together and build community and avenues that are outside of the normal Sunday night gatherings. But at the same time, I want our primary focus to be on worship. So, that, and that's through music first. So having our students together, singing corporately together, songs that we sing on Sunday mornings and also songs that we do uh, uniquely for students, uh, and then getting them together to, to read and to listen to the word uh, preached. And then after that, we meet and we talk about what we just talked about a little bit more uh, and have a conversation around that. And so for me, that's what I always tell parents when they ask me, like, what's the difference between your youth ministry and a lot of youth ministries in your area? And I would say that's it. That the Bible is the thing that I'm centered on, that I, I love games, but that if you ask my wife, it's probably the one thing I am probably the worst at is getting getting games that, that matter, right? And not repeating the same ones over and yep. over again. Um, and so I, you know, me being like, you know, theologically minded and loving those things, like it's easy for me to write sermons and do those things. And so that does stretch me a little bit in that but I have a great team around me that, that helps me do those things. But I hope that my students and I have had students tell me that they're thankful that we do focus on that. Uh, and that's the, that's the place that we're pushing our students towards is open your Bibles. Let's talk about God's word. Let's make this something that we can use daily in our lives uh, to make our lives revolved around Jesus. And so yeah. I had, I had talked to you uh, about one passage that kind of changed my life when it came to the way I view youth ministry, the way I view actually ministry in general, and how we use uh, culture. And so um, that's Acts 17. So if you don't know the context of Acts 17, 
the Apostle Paul is waiting uh, for Timothy and Silas to come back, and he's in Athens. And in the passage, it says that Paul is looking around the city, and he sees all these idols. And it says that, that it provoked him. But the thing that when we look at that, I think we can say, well, what does it mean that he was provoked, right? Because I think there's three ways to view culture. So once you see the culture, there's three ways to view it. I don't know who said this. I don't know who I can give the props to because I've heard it 14,000 times. So I don't know who that is, but whoever it is, props to you for thinking of this. But you can do three things. You can either embrace that culture, you can run from that culture, or you can redeem that culture. Mm -hmm. And so those are your three options. And the thing I love about the Apostle Paul was that he didn't run from the culture. He didn't run away from it, that his his provoking wasn't him running, but it also wasn't him fully embracing. What that caused him to do, actually, was he went and he started teaching the Bible. He started teaching God's word to the people there. And one of the interesting things about the people in that time in the book of Acts was that the Athenians and the people who lived there they were known for something. And I think this is what speaks in the student ministry. They were known for knowing nothing except telling or hearing something new. And it's like, man, if that doesn't describe 2021, then I don't know what does in our social media age that we're constantly the in the app store for TikTok, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has to be right. And that's the reason I'm not on it. I'm 30 years old, man. I don't have anything to offer to TikTok. Nobody wants to see me dance to a song. Nobody wants to see me try to jump over something and break all the bones in my body. Nobody <laughs> wants to do that. So, so that, that's not me, but it is for them. Mm-hmm. And it is for our culture today that, it, that they're constantly just wanting to hear something new, a fresh idea. And so Paul took that opportunity and he ran with it. And he, he's up on this place that's called in the Bible Mars Hill. And he's speaking to these Athenians and to the people of Athens there. And he said that as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. And so what Paul does there is he looks around the city and he sees all these idols. And what he does is he looks at the people and says, look, I can tell that you are religious, that you do believe in something because you wouldn't have all these idols if you didn't. But I'm here to tell you that there is a God you don't know. And let me tell you about that God. And when I read through that and I look at youth ministry today, I think that is that should be the goal and the striving of every youth pastor and leader uh, in our country is to say we have the unknown God of their culture. They, they are striving after this, that they long for this and they want this, but they don't know what that is. And so we have the opportunity to show them that the God that you are searching for, we know who he is. His name is Jesus. And and we want to proclaim that to you. And so Paul goes on in that passage. And and the thing I love about it is when you really look through it, I don't have time to go fully in depth on Acts 17 as much as I wish I did. Um, But ultimately what Paul does is he starts quoting their own poets. He starts quoting their own people and he's repeating it back to them. And he's using that to give a gospel presentation. So ultimately he ends up saying that the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. And he says, because of one man, and that was Jesus Christ and that God proved that he was who he said he was by raising him from the dead. And then after that, it shows the the people's reaction. And this is also how, you know, youth ministry goes a lot of the time. It's one or two things. 
Either they say, we'll hear you again about this. We'll, we'll listen to it again. Maybe we'll come back, right? Maybe they'll, that, that friend that they invited will come back the next week, or maybe they will mock it and they'll never show up again. But ultimately, that's the way that Paul approaches it. Paul doesn't just do it there, though, in the book of Titus, when he's talking about eldership and, and what are the qualifications for an elder. Paul is talking to Titus and he quotes the, the philosophers of that day talking about how bad the people were of Crete at that moment for Titus. And so Paul knew what was happening in the culture. He didn't let the culture invade his Christianity, but he used that culture to say, hey, this is who I know that you are. I want to take what that is, and I'm going to use that to show you who King Jesus is. And, and so for me, like that was one of the most radical ways I've ever seen ministry done. And I'm so thankful that Paul kind of set the standard for us in that. But I think that that is the way that we need to approach even ministry in 2021, that we don't run from the culture. We don't hide from the culture, but we also don't fully embrace the culture because you and I know there are certain things we cannot embrace and we should not embrace and we should go against. But there's also things I think that we can redeem, that we can use ultimately for specifically for students to show them the God that they don't know. Yeah. And that, and that, that helps us. Um be able to relate with them because it just taking the step of attempting to understand, like you said, not embracing it, not running from it, but understanding what's going on, having a, I guess you could say like a a base level understanding. Um, Because I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversations with students and I ask them a question about something they're into. And man, that was the wrong question. Uh, Because Uh, I've learned, I've learned, uh, I'm still learning this. All right. I'm not an expert. I'm still learning this, but uh, I have learned a little bit when someone, a student talks about something they're into, the dumbest question you can ask is what's that? Yes. Because it means that you have zero understanding of anything they like. And to them, what's that is kind of like what their parents say to them. And we know how great kids relationships are with parents these days right Um, so there's more creative ways to to figure out you know what it is that they're into what it is that they like all right and there in some ways it's just what it is that they're saying just the way they're communicating because there's new words coming out all the time now that are completely made up and uh if we don't keep i guess keep our thumb on the pulse uh we're gonna find ourselves just wandering out in a field preaching to dust about Jesus and no one, no one's going to be listening to us. No one's going to care what we have to say. And, and as I listened uh, to you talk about this situation that Paul was in, I was, I was, I had my Bible pulled up. So I was, I was looking at it as you were talking about it. And this is another example. um, I've seen multiple times throughout our lives where I think the Bible is actually becoming more relevant because people say the Bible is no longer relevant because it's 2000 years old. All right. That's kind of the base thing that people say. And, you know, it's an ancient script. It's something that was made up a long time ago. Blah, blah, blah. We don't believe it. Okay. Well, even in the church, some people kind of look at it as, well, it's really old. So is it really relevant? Well, I think our culture is actually starting to become more like the culture when it was originally written. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of idolatry. Um, we, we may not have statues to Hermes and Aphrodite and Zeus and, 
Apollo and all of these other guys, but we still chase after the same things they all represented. And our culture is still shouting those things at our teenagers. And uh, I think the last time I checked, uh, some of the stuff that our teenagers are being exposed to is happening as early as seven, eight, nine years old. Right. Um, and that's before they even consider thinking about getting into the youth ministry part of our church. So the children's ministries are now getting affected by stuff like this. So what's, what's like a couple things that you, we as youth workers, whether we're youth pastors, volunteers, um, doesn't matter what we're full-time, part-time. What are some of the active, like um, just everyday normal steps that we can take to engage the culture so we can understand and be able to start forming a way of presenting gospel life to our teens? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that this is the, this is the part that I, I really, I, I take a different approach maybe than some youth uh, directors and pastors may, uh, but I fully believe that if I, if I want to know the culture, I need to listen to the culture. I need to know what they're saying. Um, and so I go as far as if my students are talking about a brand new album that they've listened to, I will go on Apple Music and I will play it on my car and I'll listen to it. But I'm not listening to the beat. I'm listening to the words. I want to know what they're saying because because it's resonating, right? And, and I think that's one of the biggest uh, issues I see in youth ministry is that I think like you said, there can be this deafness, this cultural deafness where we say, well, it's, it's so bad and it's so terrible that we're just going to run completely away from it. But what we don't understand is that those students that are coming to our youth ministry every single week, that that's the voice that's speaking into their lives through their headphones every day of every week of every month of every year. And so if I'm going to speak into that life, into that student's life, I need to know what other voice is speaking into their lives and to show them, hey, this is the reason that this isn't right or this is what this is ultimately leading you to. Um, and I've had that conversation with a couple of parents when they said, Jake, what do I do? They're listening to this or watching this or doing this. And if it's not anything that's you know completely sinful, like don't go look at bad things on the internet if they're doing that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is if it's a, if it's a musician and they're like, well, why are they listening to this? I ask them, have you listened to it? And most of the time the answer is no. And I think that when you listen to it, sometimes you can, you can tell, I, I get where they're coming from. Like they're the, what this person is saying is resonating with them. Um, one of the best examples I can think of in, in the past years of my youth ministry uh, was Juice World. Now, for those that listen that don't know who Juice World is, uh, Juice World was a very young rapper that uh, he died at 21 uh, of a drug overdose. Uh, but he released an album after his death uh, that he had already recorded. And there's a song in that album called Titanic. And I think this is one of the most real, honest, vulnerable songs that's ever been released by, by a non-Christian artist. But it, it kills me inside when I listen to the lyrics. So I, I wrote some of them down because it's so hard to remember all of them, but it's so good. Because um, he says, abandon all ships. It's about to go down. I'm Titanic. And then he says, I have a good heart, a good soul, both been in bad, hand, bad hands. I can deal damage. Both hands in the air as I scream out prayers. My demons show up in the midnight air. And then ultimately later on, he says, um, they're telling me God's watching over me. I don't doubt it but I can see him getting tired of me sinning and wiling. Mm. And then he ultimately gets to the end and he says, 
I'm rich. I've fell in love with the pain, but all this money doesn't rid me of that pain. But everywhere I go, I can make it precipitate rain. Just to clarify for those who don't understand that, he's just saying he has a lot of money, right? Uh, <laughs> Making it rain and, is a analogy right, to having right. loads just, of money. Just in case. I don't know who's <laughs> listening to this. I want to make sure you understand what I'm yeah. saying, right? But ultimately, what, what Juice World says in that song is that there's this hole in his heart that he's tried to fill with every possible thing he could think of. That he's got the dream that a lot of my students think about, right? That he's got all the fame, the fortune, the recognition, the Instagram followers. He's got it all. But ultimately, he says none of that has done anything. That ultimately, my demons still show up. I've got a new house. I've got, I've got skeletons in the closet of that house, he says in the song as well. And, and ultimately, he's saying that he feels like God is pulling him towards himself, but he can't give himself over to it because he still is seeking after the other things. And he just hopes that God won't reject him. And the tragedy of that for me is that this guy at 21, when he died, he appeared before that guy and he didn't know him. Mm -hmm. That he was so close, but he couldn't get there. And so for me with my students is, can we get them there? Can you look at that and use that as an example to say, look, don't live your life for that. He's showing you in that song that it's meaningless, that everything else you could try to find your purpose in your life and the hole in your heart, filling that hole, anywhere you try to find your purpose other than Jesus, it's going to fail you. And that Jesus is the only thing that can actually fill the void in your heart. Man, that's heavy. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but here's the thing. How would I ever know that if I didn't listen? Yeah. How would I ever know about any of that if I didn't take the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? This might not even be my thing, but it is for my students. And so I just want to know what they're saying. But when I see that, I'm like, that is how a lot of my students are. I think they do believe that there is a God but that the culture tells them a lot of other things about who that God is. And they start to wrestle with what does that look like? And so what I have to do is come in and say, okay, here's what the Bible, God's word, his true word. Here's what he says about himself and what he says we're to make our lives about. And ultimately I can use somebody like juice world and even those lyrics, right. To point them to say, look, he's the perfect example of somebody who had everything, but yet had nothing. And he ended his life because he still couldn't fill the void. And my encouragement to them is don't, don't go down the same path, find purpose in Jesus. Wow. That, you know what, that actually, um, that reminds me that it's a quote that I've used in youth group before when trying to talk to the teens about something similar. Um, and I never get the quote right, but it's something that Jim Carrey said once after he got all famous and, uh, he said something to the effect of like, I wish everyone would be successful and achieve their dreams and have everything they ever wanted so that they can realize it's not, it's not what's going to fulfill them and make them happy. Yeah. Um, Cause he got to that point. He, he achieved everything he was looking for. And I'm pretty sure now he's kind of a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, just listening to you say this, it, it, I gotta be honest, it's a little convicting. I have, Within the last, I think sometime within the last two years, I have had a conversation with parents of a teenager in my youth group. And I have the conversation has gone something like me saying, You do you know that your kid is listening to this artist? And they go, No. And I was like, You may want to check them out because they're pretty bad and not let your kid listen to that artist anymore. And they're like, Oh, okay, well, thanks for letting me know. 
here's the problem. I've never listened to a single song this artist has sung. All I know about this person is what I've heard. And what I've heard is that it's bad and that it, there's, there's some encouragement to do things that are bad. But I have not personally engaged the culture of this particular artist because it's very one it's an up and coming very famous young artist i'm not gonna say the name because yeah. um there's no point it's it, this yeah. could literally be any youth pastor's take, conversation take with your any pick man yeah. take your take, pick there's thousands of them yeah yeah i, I was you, do you know who reliant k is oh no uh, yeah of course yeah, <laughs> Dude, yeah I, they, I'm, I'm old i love reliant k man yeah reliant k got stuff. me through high school with their album mm-hmm Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the best Christian albums ever be released, man. You're you're right, dude. They, there's some there's some there's some culturally engaged songs on that album, and I've I've created a playlist on Spotify for my teens. Um, so before and after youth group, then there's house music playing. It's it's a playlist from Spotify, and I've included a bunch of songs from Reliant K, because um, there's some stuff that teenagers can relate to in those songs about the actual struggles they're dealing with. And I was hearing uh, one of them was playing one day, and one of my teenagers. I was walking by and I was like, hey, how you doing? And she goes, hey, this is an emo song. Why are you listening to emo music? And I was like, this is not an emo song. She's like, yeah, it is. And I said, no, this is Reliant K. She said, yeah, it's Reliant K. I was like, they're not an emo band. They're a, a Christian rock band. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I said, yeah, listen to the lyrics. And so she listened to the lyrics for a second. She's like, oh, huh, yeah. that's interesting. And it was one of the ones about how we struggle with not being who we know we should be and, and kind of throwing ourselves at the mercy of the Lord and begging him not to reject us and help us pick ourselves back up and keep moving along. And, and that was one of the things that, you know, just a simple little moment like that, a little conversation like that where we can engage uh, some of the cultural stuff. Maybe even students don't understand that it's yeah. not, it's not all bad. It's not all good. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but different things like that, just being aware uh, of what's going on so that we can have a conversation with them and let them know that we actually do care about them. We're not just trying to flip a switch in their life and move on from there. Yeah. And I, I think ultimately that what, what I'm trying to teach my students is what Proverbs is, right? So have wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like you need to have discernment and wisdom to know what's when something is okay to partake in. Like Paul said, everything's permissible, right? But not everything's beneficial. So you have to know when something is beneficial and when it's not. And, and, and being able to do that will make you a much healthier Christian. Yeah. But it will also make you just a healthier person in general that you'll be able to have better discernment to know when to walk away from a situation that you shouldn't once you're out of youth ministry. Right. So I think about that too. My college students that my freshman, I just launched off in the college last year. Like my hope and prayer is that the things that I've talked to them about for the past six years of their lives, that it'll come back, that they'll think about it before they make decisions. And, and that all of this is, is equipping them to become the next generation of the church. And that's hopefully what our goal is. It's to create the next generation of leaders and volunteers and members of our churches um, because somebody has to take the mantle after us. I'm not going to be able to do youth ministry forever. Uh, it's just not going to happen. I know some guys that do. And, and there's, and, and I think that, you know, that if you can, you should, like, I think that that's okay. And I think that you don't have to, you know, have all the answers. And that's the other thing I would tell any, any volunteer or leader is don't hear what I'm saying and say, if you don't do these things, you can't serve in youth ministry. I'm just saying, if you really want to dive in and go into the depths, this is where you go. Uh, and this is what you do. 
Um, but for us, I was when you were talking about the Reliant K, it made me think uh, just about music and kind of the shift in at least my culture of youth ministry is that my students don't listen to Christian music. Um, it's not something that's talked about really concerts and things, especially 2020 that kind of completely got rid of the concerts thing. But it's just not something that in youth ministry right now that's really that's hyped up or popular as much as it was when we were in youth ministry. I remember everyone still. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, still it's, I I, I saw John Cooper was on the uh, podcast a few uh, weeks ago and I'm like, man, I, I wish I could just tell him how impressed I am with him, that he has been the same person since, you know, the nineties and he's still rocking and that's impressive. And And now he's he's got got, an epic beard. Right. He's wrote a, he wrote a book. I mean, it's just fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, so I think bands like that um, need to breathe for King and country. There's a lot of them in there that, that I throw into my playlist, but, and this is a place where people will disagree with me. So I always give the caveat. If you disagree with me, that's okay. It's a safe place. Right. And so my, my thing is that on Sunday nights, I want to create an environment so that both my students who are, who have been a part of my youth ministry for decades or their friends coming in for the first time, feel a comfortable and safe environment to hear the gospel, maybe for the first time in their lives. And so I try to create as comfortable of an environment as I can to hear a very uncomfortable message uh, that I may be giving. Right. And so ultimately what I do is I play a, a blend of Christian music and non-Christian music. Now the non-Christian music I play, of course, is clean. It's not, nothing bad is in it, but I can play a lot of the modern, especially EDM artists. So that's been a big thing over the past five years. It's the rise of EDM and electronic music. Um, guys like Marshmallow, um, who just, he puts out the craziest beats I've ever heard in my life. I'm 30, so I can't be as cool with it, but I love it. I love EDM music. I could listen to it all the time. Um, and maybe that's part of the DNA of a youth director, uh, that there has to be that in there. Uh, but I, but I do love it. I think it's good because there typically isn't a lot of lyrics to it. There typically isn't a lot of things going on there, but it can just be good music that they'll recognize and know, uh, so that it creates that comfortable environment. And so I try to blend my music and make it an experience for the students when they come in each week uh, to have that and to say that that's their 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 music that they can go and they can go on Apple Music and find it or Spotify or whatever, and they can listen to those songs, too. Um, And that's just the way I can tell them, hey, like, I'm keeping up with you guys. Like, I know what's popular and what's not. Yeah, that's kind of funny that you said that's part of the DNA of a youth worker, because uh I've tried, uh, I don't know if you, if it's easy for you to concentrate when you're writing sermons. Um, but I have a hard time concentrating on anything. Um, I'm easily distracted. I've actually had a squirrel moment where I did see a squirrel, uh, (laughs) multiple times in my life. And the only music I can listen to that helps me concentrate when I'm writing sermon and lesson stuff is techno and EDM. Like if I get a, and I have to turn it up really loud. (laughs) It's the weirdest weirdest quirk I have, I think, but I, that's the only thing that helps me focus. I think it's because I'm overloading my senses. So I have to yeah create a tunnel, but, um, yeah, uh, that's, that's one, uh, I've, I've probably been one that's been one of the guys that pushes back on the secular music in the playlist at church. Yeah. You know, I've been, I've had those conversations before, so, uh, I totally understand, uh, you know, what, what you're talking about, where you're going there, but I did want to ask you, um, one of the things that I, I've seen churches um, that have kind of taken this, I guess you could say too far. Um, I'm not sure if that's the best way to put it, but as we try to be culturally sensitive or culturally aware or just not be culturally deaf, 
um, and try to utilize what's just in existence to understand what they're what they're going through and, and what's going on in the lives of the teenagers in our community. Um, what are some steps that we can take to avoid going too far with it? Um, and I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but it's one of the issues that I have with the Catholic Church um, over the course of history is that they would go into communities and they would mix Christian doctrine with the local pagan worship and create some weird combination to make it more palatable for the locals. And that's not healthy. So how do we avoid allowing the culture to start dominating and still continue to along the lines of that biblical faithfulness? Yeah. So I'm going to try to answer it in two different ways here. So I think the the first part is how do we as leaders, make sure that we don't go off the cliff, right? So how to make sure that we we stay in the, we're trying to, you know, reform culture or use culture to advance the gospel and not just fully embrace it with a big hug, right? right. So and it's an easy step to get there. It's very quick and I've seen it happen. And, and the, the one thing that I've noticed is the difference between that happening or you staying on track is what we always talk about, but it's hard to implement at times, which is accountability. Um, for our leadership. And that starts with me. And so for me, like whenever I'm doing anything with youth or anything of that nature, I go to my pastors and I tell them, hey, this is my idea. What do you think of this? And I get approval on those things because I want to make sure that I'm sticking because I'm a part of Village Church, right? Like that, that we're a ministry under Village Church as a whole. And so I want to make sure that we're moving together with our church uh, to meet the goals of our church, which is to make disciples of Jesus. And so uh, I'm, I try to keep myself accountable for those things, but I also do that with my leaders. Uh, the first conversation I have with any new volunteer or leader that we have is that I will be monitoring all of your social media and everything you say, uh, because I know how quickly things can, can happen and how quickly you can go downhill. It's as simple as, you know, they start going to see, like I had leaders when this happened a long time ago, I had leaders go see the movie Magic Mike and post about it on Instagram. And I had to have a very uncomfortable conversation because that, that's, that's it. That's the jump. That's where, yep. that's where this happens. That's the jump. And so how does that not happen? It's us holding each other accountable that, that we have people watching over our lives so that we know that if we start to dive into something, we can, we can get on top of it quick and say, Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Or, Hey, why are you watching that? Or why are you doing this thing? And so I always give the examples of things like um, 13 Reasons Why, um, the Netflix show that was a while back that came out, um, just promoting suicide. It made it look like it's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm not going to ever tell anybody to watch that garbage um, because it's not helpful, right? I mean, I'll, I'll, I've seen enough of it to know what it is for, for cultural standpoints. But yeah, I think I got time, like four episodes in. I was like, yeah, I right. think I know enough. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just it's like I don't I don't care enough, right? And it's the same with like Game of Thrones. Like I if if I found out a leader is watching that, the first thing I ask him is why? Like what like ultimately like what what's the goal of that? And then if you post it on social media on Instagram, your eighth grader who you've been discipling to, you know, fight sin, to fight lust, to fight all these things, and then you're doing that, well, you just completely shot that within a 60-minute episode of a show. And so what we have to do is we have to look and say, because of my students and my relationship with my students, I want to make sure that I'm setting the example for them of what it looks like to 
look at the culture and to take the culture and use it to advance the gospel without fully giving into it. And that the, the key to all of that is having accountability within your leadership team um, from the top down. Um, so that's my encouragement to leaders and their teams. Um, but when it comes to the to the student ministry itself, I think it's you, you have to get back to what is the ultimate goal of your youth ministry? If your ultimate goal is to have hangouts and to, you know, eat really good food and just talk about life, then that's fine. But that's not my goal for youth ministry. My goal is transformation from sixth grade to 12th grade. So in our ministry, if you're in sixth to eighth grade, you're going to be learning for three years foundational truths to the gospel. Like we teach you the core fundamentals of Christianity to build you a solid foundation that we can build on in high school. So the next four years of life, we're diving into deeper topics and more sensitive topics, things that are really real that are happening in our world. And how can you have conversations with your friends about those things? And so if that's your focus, I think that's when you can take the culture and you can start putting things of the culture into that saying, hey, like this is what's happening here. This is what you're listening to. This is what your friends are watching. How can you take that and then use that to have a conversation about the gospel with them? Because I found so quickly that with some of my students, that's how I connected with them. That's how I was able to get into their lives was by knowing simple things like that, like knowing who Marshmallow is, right? And and they're just shocked that I know these things. And so, but them being shocked by that leads to them having a conversation with me that night, which leads to them having another conversation with me about it the next week when Marshmallow drops a new song, which leads to another one and another one. And then ultimately you get the moments like camp where they come up to you and they say, Jake, I don't really know Jesus. I want to accept him as my king. Mm. That, And then you're like, got it. That's it. And then you have to calm down because you're so hyper. <laughs> right. And that's where the youth ministry comes out and you just want to scream, right? And, <laughs> and, and, and for me, it's like, that is, that's the goal, right? And, and I can even tell you, like, I, I did a ser- series over summer. Uh, which was called Why God? And I do this one almost every single uh, year in, a, in one way, shape, or form. Uh, but this year, I literally asked the students to write down one question they would ask God um, and, and to send it to me. And they did. I got, I got like 50 of them. Uh, wow. And so I was looking through it and I made a series. And one of the biggest topics was forgiveness. Um, and, and they were talking about how they, they were come from broken families. So maybe it was a, you know, a divorce or things were happening in their home where they were trying to forgive, but they didn't really know how to do that um, from the Bible. And so we have a couple at our church that uh, unfortunately their daughter was murdered by her husband. Um, and so they had to go through that. Um, they had to deal with that and deal with that and, and still trying to talk to the husband and encourage him to seek Jesus and to forgive him and to show them that they forgave him and constantly writing him letters and telling him, Jesus loves you. He bled and died for you. And I got them to come that night and share that testimony. I can tell you, man, I've been in youth ministry a long time. I've never felt like God's presence in a moment like that. Wow. And, and and at the end, I, and a couple of weeks later, I had one of my students come out to me who her dad just kind of like dropped her. Right. And, and, and she came up to me. She's like, Jake, after that and after hearing you guys talk, she's like, I was so convicted from Jesus. And I've shared Jesus with my dad twice uh, in the past few weeks. And she's like, I, I just, I had to, like, I had to forgive him. And, and like, I don't know about you, but like that stuff gets me like emotional when I talk about it, because that, that's what I, that's what I exist for, right? It's to see people's lives radically transformed by the gospel of Jesus. 
And what that does is it gives you the opportunity to forgive. And that's what my students are dealing with. It's not as much about the culture, as much as I love the culture, as much as I love talking about the things of the culture, that all of those things ultimately I want to use to get me to that. Mm. And if it gets me to that, then that's what Paul did. And that's what, if that's what Paul did, then that's what I want to do. So I, I guess that means like the men of Issachar were youth pastors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they understood the times. And, and that's right. one of the things that, you know, I, man, uh, it's, it, look, it's a lot of work. And, and I know, you know, it's a lot of work to, to understand what they're going through, what they're listening to, what they're watching. Um, there's some stuff I've had to just avoid and just read about. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so like, many good websites for that too, by yeah, the way. I mean, um, there, there's so many good Christian websites where you can go read reviews mm-hmm. of things. They give you in-depth things. I'll tell anybody, go on IMDb and yep. look at what's in a movie before you watch it. It's just a helpful thing to do to be discerning, yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, I do yeah. that all the time. Any new movie I want to go see, yeah. look it up on IMDb first, and then I go to Plugged In Online. Cause that's the Christian take on yeah. what everything is. But IMDb right. is literally just objective information about what happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Movie. Yeah. There's, there's nothing Christian about it. It's just, Hey, yeah. this is what's in it. <laughs> yeah. Eventually. I mean, every once in a while you'll get a reviewer that puts in the info and they're like, but it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. All right. Um, another one. And I'll, I'll just put this out there for our listeners as well. And they're not a sponsor. Maybe they will be someday, but uh, Axis, A-X-I-S. I think they're, uh, website is access.org. Um, I'm, if I remember correctly, they were, I think they were started and they're run by millennials and their whole thing is to keep their thumb on the pulse of the culture. And, uh, there's even a weekly email parents can get called the culture translator. And it gives you like four to five topics that you can talk with your teens about. Um, but you can educate yourself on it first. So you don't sound like a complete idiot. Uh, right. So I, I remember like uh, they, they'll come out with Gen Z slang emails every once in a while. Um, so if you want to know what it's, too, it's too much, that means. <laughs> yeah. I know what they mean. I will not use them because <laughs> yeah. that's where, that's where you get to the mom dad thing that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Then it's, then you just sound like, you know, their dad being like, Hey, did you eat that? And then you've lost them. You've yeah. lost them completely. Unless you have that one kid. I have that one kid in my youth group. Um, everyone else, and I, I'll do this on purpose sometimes, but I think it's kind of like the dad joke thing where I'll yeah. just I'll just go, yeet, and half the youth group hears it, and they're like, oh, my Lanta, you are such a dork. And then <laughs> the one boy in my small group that thinks it's hilarious from across the room, he hears it, and he just goes, yeet, and he'll yeah. do it right back. And yeah. he thinks it's hilarious. Um, right. We've actually Every, been able to connect over it for some reason. <laughs> right. But that's the thing, right? Is, is that it's kind of the terminology. It's only crazy if it doesn't work. Yeah. And, and I've found that out in youth ministry so much that things that seem so irrelevant, just, just so small is the thing that they connect with. But even that I can say, Hey, like God gave me that as an opportunity, right? That that's a grace of God uh, that he allowed such a small thing to be something that invited me into their lives. And so same with my leaders. I just encourage them every week with that. It's like have small conversations. You never know where that could go and what building that relational equity could build towards. And so ultimately, like that, that's the reason I want to be know what the culture is. The reason why I want to be involved in their lives is I want every opportunity I can to, to be a part of it so that when those moments come, 
uh, when life gets hard, when they struggle with sin, when things happen that they don't understand, that they run to the church, that they run to Jesus, and they run to us as their leaders. Um, and and ultimately, my my biggest goal in all of this is that the parents feel like they are equipped to disciple their children, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm just a help to them. Um, I, that ultimately, right. Uh, and that's what I tell them all. I'm like, the biggest discipler in your student's life is you. Uh, and, and it has to be, and it should be. And that's a blessing that you have as a parent, uh, that I'm an ally, I'm a friend, I'm here to help however I can. Uh, but you're around them way more than I am. And you have such an influence in their lives. And, and, and to to invite them to kind of have the same approach, right? To know what's happening in their students' lives, to keep up with it. Um, even if they seem uncool, that ultimately it it's them caring enough about their student to say, hey, I, I want to know what you're thinking on these things so that I can help you and disciple you. Yeah. And I can, we're young, we're both still young enough to remember our teenage years. And, and there's some things that never change. And, and one of the things I think that never change is for at least the adolescent years, one thing that kids really want from their parents is to just care about the things that they care about. Um, and not to look at it and go, well, that's stupid and write it off because it's childish or it's, it's for the youngins. And right. I'm an adult, so I don't have to care about this anymore. Well, it's 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 something I care about, Dad. So can we not yeah. talk about it? And and that's something I'm going to have to I – mean, I got four girls. There's going to be a lot of stuff I don't care about that they talk about with me when they get older, um, like makeup and stuff. <laughs> I'm going to have to just figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, I only have one, and I'm already looking. And I'm like, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be interesting times. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, but we yeah, have awesome but- wives to help with that. Absolutely. 100%. And, and, and the thing too, with, with this whole subject is ultimately my, my hope and my prayer is that student pastors and volunteers and leaders and parents, whoever listens to all of this, that ultimately the, the goal of it is discipleship and student transformation. And if we get there, and if all of this does help us get there, then the final step in all of this is when we teach the Bible, we teach the Bible unapologetically, mm. that we, we give them the word, that we don't, we don't give them small phrases, we don't give them little hints and tricks, that we go through the Bible with them. And so this is where I'll say, like, going through books of the Bibles with your students, pivotal. Going through theological issues is pivotal. Going through social issues is pivotal based on God's word. That, that all of those things have to be a part of our student ministries if we want to see them grow from sixth graders who are immature to 18-year-olds who are mature uh, in their faith much more than their counterparts and ready to go into the world and to be uh, both disciples and disciple makers of Jesus. Man, that's exciting. Like, I'm all, I'm all ready to go. <laughs> like, I just, you know, uh, my, my group meets on Sunday nights, not Wednesday nights, but man, yeah, I'm ready too. for tomorrow. I don't care what happens tomorrow night, I, even though I'm probably staying home with my family. But, you know, Sunday nights is, whoo, man, I'm, I'm ready to go for next because we're starting a new module next week. And, uh, and so, uh, man, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. So um, if somebody wanted to try to get in contact with you and talk about this a little bit more, maybe go into some details or maybe even just yeah. get some resources that you've created on this, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, a couple ways. So if you want to go old school, you can do uh, email, uh, which is uh, jake at villagechurchrva.com. Uh, and then if you want to follow me on Twitter and ask me questions on there, I'm happy to do that as well because I check that way too often. You're a brave uh, man I like staying to on Twitter. 
Oh uh, yeah, man. It's 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 like you know I tweet about theology and sports. They're gonna get to me last. Um, but uh, it's it's uh, Jake Morris ninety nine zero. Okay. Yeah. All right, and we'll put that in the show notes so people can uh, yeah. hopefully just click or copy paste or whatever. Uh, but man, oh, I I'm very thankful for you hopping on today. Uh, th- this is something that I think uh, I would dare say probably plagues the American church a little bit. Um, I, and, and I think some of it's because of we too often either embrace or run from the culture uh, and and we don't find that that balance of, of engaging the culture and, and utilizing it for our for our advantage um, and that's something that we maybe we're just gonna have to lead the way in youth ministries but I really appreciate you uh, coming on today Jake and uh, I hope that uh, this is really encouraging for our listeners out there yeah absolutely man thank you so much for having me well, guys, I am very thankful for uh, Jake, and I just thank you for the opportunity just to hear how we can engage culture, engage teens where they're at and students where they're at, and engage culture as uh, in our youth ministries. Um, so I'm very thankful for that, and something that that in in a sense I don't I don't think I I, I do a fairly good job, but I don't think I do the best job, and I'm learning because I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm, I know I'm not here and I, yes, I'm not. Uh, I learn just as much as you do. Yeah. Um, so I'm very thankful for, for Jake and his heart and passion when it comes to reaching people culturally. Yeah, that was honestly, it was a really convicting conversation for me. Uh, I didn't tell Jake that when we had the interview, <laughs> but um, some of the things that he mentioned that we probably should be doing as youth workers, I just, I don't do it. Uh, not because I think it's like bad or evil or gross. It's just, I don't do it. And uh, I think that uh, as long as there's some healthy boundaries in place, um, there's some really solid uh, takeaways from this conversation that we can utilize in our ability to, uh, as we remain faithful to what scripture says, uh, reach into the culture and draw students out of it uh, and into a, a life that, that has eternal significance to it. Um, that matters in the long run and and that allows them to have a a positive impact on their peers. Um, So yeah, it it was pretty convicting. Uh, And if you've been listening uh, for a while now, thank you for your faithfulness to the podcast. Uh, Ryan and I really appreciate it. Uh, Hopefully by now you've also joined our Facebook group, the Youth and Culture Facebook group. And uh, if you haven't, there's a link in the show notes for you to go there and request to join. Uh, We'd love to connect with you there. And as well, if you have not yet, please uh, take a minute to uh, put in a star or comment review because that allows us to continue to stay near the top of the search results as people look for solid youth ministry content. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.